name is Eva, and I love to read, especially this book, Heresy by C.J. Paris. First published in Great Britain in 2010, this is the first work in a series revolving around Giordano Bruno, a real-life 16th-century Italian friar, philosopher, mathematician, and scientist, who, amongst other things, researched methods on remembery retention. Giordano Bruno was what one might easily call a radical thinker of his time, and he managed the rather unusual feat of being excommunicated not only by the Catholic Church, but by the growing Lutheran movement. He maintained, amongst other things, that the stars and the heavens could be in motion, that the universe was infinite, and that the planets revolved around the sun. He also held quite unusual ideas about reincarnation and the divinity of Christ, and it was certainly these latter parts that got him into quite serious trouble with the Catholic Church, and he was tried and questioned for his heretical beliefs more than once in his lifetime. C.J. Paris starts off her book in 1576, a pivotal moment in Giordano Bruno's real life. At this point, he had lived in an Italian monastery for 11 years and had come under increasing pressure to relent and seek forgiveness for his astounding beliefs about the universe that he all too readily spread among the novices. Then, in the autumn of that year, a book by Erasmus of Rotterdam was found hidden in the latrine of the monastery. Erasmus of Rotterdam, a Dutch theologian and scholar, was at the time frowned upon by the church, and his books were most definitely banned. Giordano Bruno proved to be the culprit, having avidly read all he could of Erasmus of Rotterdam's critique of the church. And when the book was found, Bruno was threatened with the Inquisition. And instead of facing yet another questioning that might have ended, quite probably with a burning at the stake, he decided to flee. In real life, he moved around Europe for some years, and C.J. Paris picks up her story when he gets to England in 1583. From here, the book's intrigue truly begins, as Giordano Bruno is recruited by Elizabeth's spymaster, that old fox, Sir Francis Walsingham, to hunt down traitors to Queen Elizabeth. At this point in real-life history, Mary, Queen of Scots, is still alive, and Frances Walsingham is ever alert to the very, very real risk that her dangerous allies might unite under her Catholic banner against the Protestant Tudor Queen Elizabeth of England. Giordano Bruno is only too willing to be recruited and very willing to go to Oxford University where he is sent 
for he is on a quest of his own to search for a long-lost book set to be hidden in one of the Oxford libraries. The book proves hard to find, but he does encounter a young lady to whom he grows attached. But when a series of horrific murders occurs, he is thrown into, however unwilling, a world of deadly conspiracy and a devious plot against Queen Elizabeth. The real-life Girano Bruno life and story is well documented from the numerous times he was questioned for his beliefs, and it is from these written sources of knowledge that C.J. Paris weaves a compelling tale of a man on a quest to enlighten the world, to give such knowledge to his fellow man that they might see right from wrong as evidenced in the natural world. In the book, Giordano Bruno strikes up a friendship with the poet Philip Sidney, as indeed the historical Bruno did. And while some historians have suspected that he did indeed spy for Sir Francis Wilsingham, there is no hard evidence to deny or confirm this fact. But it is from this historical speculation that C.J. Paris then writes a story of mystery that is ultimately also a tragedy, in which the characters grapple with self-deception, utter conviction, disappointment, and long-simmering anger, all traits that could lead a believer into becoming a heretic. This book has a haunting atmosphere, and you can almost feel the tense and suspicious glance that one Tudor might cast at a neighbour if they suspected them of being a papist, a non-confirmist, or even harbouring just a little sympathy for that dreaded Mary, Queen of Scots. Giordano Bruno's life is threatened throughout the book, but even when he is not in physical danger, you feel very clearly that he is in peril, as his ideas might meet the kind of opposition that so, that so easily could evolve from a displeased frown to the rack in the dungeons of Tower of London. If you are unaware of the ultimate fate of the real-life Gerano Bruno, I will not reveal it here. But if you have ever been to Potsdam Station in Berlin, you will see a very vivid depiction of what happens to him later in life. And if you should ever happen to be in Rome, you should definitely take a turn around his statue at Campo di Fiori, where he looks down with supreme serenity at the tourists looking up at him. This book is tense, and it does require some concentration in order to pick up on all those little hints that lead to the solving of the mystery. And unusually, for such a murder mystery book, while the case is solved, the heroes feel no real absolution at the solving, much like um, Giordano Bruno claims that absolution is to be found in the infinite, not within the confines of restrictive laws. For Giordano Bruno, the end of the mystery is his beginning.
a beginning of a mission to bring to the world the truth of our universe, which, he claims, is that the universe, not the church, holds the true beauty of our souls. His determination not only to investigate this, but to announce it to the world, is what ultimately will lead him down the path of heresy. This is a beautifully written book with very believable and, at many times, funny dialogue. It touches upon philosophical ponderings, but its strength lies in the conjuring up of an atmosphere of a Tudor world where fate proves unpredictable time and time again. If you are listening to this close to the weekend, then I wish you a very happy weekend. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, as it really helps to um, be seen on various sites, algorithms and all. I hope you'll return next week for a history episode. Until then, I have been Eva, and thank you so much for listening.